0: go with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. You know, that's one of those things we were talking about. Um, I My class that I have on Sunday uh, evenings uh, is dealing with relationships of life. And uh, what I'm going to share to t- t- this morning is something of a kind of a, a little bit of this last couple of weeks that we've been going over as a class. And so if you're in my class, you might catch a little bit of that. Uh, but um, different relationships in life, our relationship uh, with God, relationship with others, our friendships. Um, and in this portion, our relationship with our church, which we're calling fellowship. And um, as we look at life, we realize that through the lens of the Bible— This is one of the most important relationships in our life, our relationship with our church or the church. You see, uh, the reality is, is that the church is made up of every single believer on planet earth. Every single person that has placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ is part of the universal church, okay? That's what makes up the church but then you have as what we found find in the new testament different cities and different houses different places where those believers those children of god would get together for different purposes and every time that there was this community being built it was known as a church The church of Jerusalem, uh, the church of Galatia, the church of Corinth. They were described as a geographical area being gathered together, these uh, local body of believers initially uh they didn't have buildings like this or own property like this most of the time it was a house somebody's house it was somebody's back porch or front porch it was somebody's living room this is where where they would get together and they would form uh this local body of believers this church and it became a community And uh, throughout the New Testament, we see that this community, this local body of believers is something that God instituted, Jesus Christ instituted, and he founded it and he uh, equipped it for a, a very important purpose. The ultimate mission of the church is to carry forward the good news that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world, that he rose on the third day, and that one day he's coming back again to recover what was lost through sin in Adam and Eve, and what sin destroyed, that relationship between God and man, was restored through Jesus Christ, and that Jesus would come again to be able to finalize that chapter of reconciliation. God with man. And the church's mission is to share that with every single person in the world. And so we find that to be the mission, but he equips the church, that local body of believers. And here we are in the uh, east side of Palmview, Texas, Bethany Baptist Church on a Sunday morning, the 29th of January, 2023. And all these 2,000 years later, we are still living out what was left in the New Testament as to what should be happening, gathering together local body of believers for what purpose? Well, that's what I want to talk about today, the purpose of community, purpose of community. You know, um, I think it goes to a greater question. The purpose of life. You know, uh, I watched uh, me and my wife watched yesterday a little mini series about Bernie Madoff. How many of y'all know who Bernie Madoff was? Anybody raise your hand? You know who Bernie Madoff was? Well, a few people, not very many. Okay, Bernie Madoff pulled off the biggest Ponzi scheme known to man. Okay, Ponzi scheme is uh, it's a, it's a it's a hoax, a trick uh, played where uh, money comes in from all these investors. And supposedly something is happening with that money that's investment, and you're getting a return. But reality is, is that he's taking money from other investors and paying out some money uh, that never was invested, was never uh, actually anything was done with it other than him getting it and passing it around while him making himself rich in the meantime. But eventually a Ponzi scheme uh, runs out of money if there's not enough new people putting money into it, right? So that's kind of how a Ponzi scheme works. Well, this guy, Bernie Madoff, pulled off the biggest Ponzi scheme known to man. We were watching the, the, the thing. At the end of his, after almost 40 years of running this Ponzi scheme, this gentleman swindled out of people almost $19 billion. What was expected to be in his bank account when everything came crashing down in the year 2008 there should have been close to $46 billion worth of returns on the investment of the $19 billion that was given. And what was really left was less than about $6 billion. And actually cash in the bank account was less than $300 million. So from $48 billion, $46 billion down to about $300 million. The money had vaporized, had gone. He had swindled millionaires billionaires out of millions and billions of dollars you know our world teaches us that money and that uh, possessions is what this world is about whether or not it's specifically said or stipulated the reality is that the mentality is is that he who dies with the most toys wins the most toys being houses, being possessions, vehicles, properties, the most toys being power if you're into politics, uh, position if you're into politics, Um, uh, those type of things. That is what life is about. You accumulate. uh, You do what you got to do to be able to get to the top because that is what life is about. So when I look at what is established in the New Testament church and what we find in God's Word, I find a very different paradigm. God does not judge success the way man does. God does not judge success the way that uh, uh, the newspaper or the media and our friends might uh, judge it. You see, God looks at different purposes. And so I want to share with you and encourage with you something that we find at the very beginning of the church in Acts chapter 2. So if you would, open your Bible to Acts chapter 2, which is where we'll be for the next few moments. And in Acts chapter 2, we find these verses. This is shortly after Peter, uh, who, by the way, by the way, let's not forget who, the, who, who, who Peter was. Peter was the impulsive disciple the one that had a little bit of a hot temper the one that jesus and some of the other disciples were always have to hey calm down easy there peter that kind of peter that was peter right peter was the one that uh he knew the foul language he knew how to swear with the best of them because he did it on the last night that he betrayed jesus or that he uh, denied jesus excuse me he he was a fisherman that rubbed shoulders with with uh, the the guys that were there on the docks he that was the life he lived And Jesus rescued him from there and called him from there. And Peter was the one that, like I said, on that night, on that faithful night of Jesus' crucifixion, he was the one that not once, not twice, but three times said, "I, I don't know who that man is. I have no relationship with that man. Moments before Jesus would be hanging on a cross. So I say that to say he knew what messing up was all about. So if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor John, I don't know if I can identify with the New Testament church. I, I, I messed up a lot in my life. Let me tell you, uh, the author that we're reading messed up a lot in his life. But we just sang about God's grace that is greater than all our sin. It's true because the Bible says it, right? And so this is the Peter that we find, and he preaches. This is literally uh, in, in a short amount of time after he had just denied Jesus three times, after he had used foul language to make sure that nobody thought he was a Christian, and he had he had done that. And here a few days later, now he had gotten some things right with God and Jesus. After he resurrected, had a conversation with Peter where he forgave Peter, where where things had to be dealt with, and that process is still. Ongoing today for you and for me. When we mess up, we still got to fess up. We still got to deal with what God has and know that what we know is between us and God, like we just did, did before the Lord's Supper. That's something that should be a part of our life. But there soon thereafter, Peter gets up and he preaches. And on that day, just that day alone, 3,000 people decide to put their faith and trust in the one true God decide to believe that his son Jesus was really the one that had just died a few weeks prior and decide that that truly was the Messiah and that only through him is salvation found and they believe in him. And so here, that's what the work of the Spirit is doing. An amazing surgence of these new believers is happening and now there needs to be the establishment of something that we come to be known as the church. A community of believers. And like I said a few moments ago, here on this 29th of 2023 of January, you and I are following in those footsteps. We are literally still doing exactly what they said. And so it is important to go and to look at where we started. You ever, you ever been on, the, on a trail hike like that? where you've lost your way. I remember um, from uh, in, in, in the mountains of Georgia, my grandmother used to live up in the, in the North Georgia mountains. And she had, uh, there was an old rickety uh, uh, cabin up on the top part of the mountain. And then there was her trailer that was on a carved out hillside in the, around the middle of the mountain. And I remember that as young kids, as, as brothers, we would love to run through those mountain run, run through the forest. Uh, unlike here, there wasn't mesquite trees that would grab you and, uh, and tear your flesh. Um, there was a little bit more like pine trees and things like that. It was nice. All right. It was nice. And so we remember running through the forest there. And, uh, but I remember that my thought was always, if I get lost, because I was always scared of being lost. I knew that I just needed to turn around and go back the way that I was, to go back to the starting point. Because from there, I had found my way many times to get where I wanted to go, whether it was the creek, whether it was the cabin, whether it was her trailer, or whether it was some other spot. But I knew if I could go back to where I started, I could find the path correctly. Can I tell you something, church, this morning here? I believe that as a church, many times we have lost our way. We have become something, we have acted in a way that we were never meant to be. We've lost our way. And I feel like this morning I want to encourage you and encourage us as a church to go back and to, and to think through. Let's go back to the beginning and see if we can refind our way. And here this morning you can walk out of here in a few minutes encouraged and challenged to be able to say, hey, yeah, I'm a new Christian or I'm a seasoned Christian. But I got to remember, this is what was meant, the purpose of community and the church. The purpose of community and the church. Acts chapter 2, we're going to jump down to verse 42. In verse 41 is where we find that 3,000 people were saved and baptized that, uh, that Peter had been preaching at there in the passage before. And then it says this in verse 42 of uh, Acts chapter 2, and I will be reading out of the New Living Translation. So if you're up there, you might have a King James or an ESV or something else, just so you know, in case the words are a little bit different, no big deal. Verse 42 says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing and meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. And they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And they worshiped together in the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved we find here an exciting passage of the resurgence of the birth of the church and what was taking place and i want to emphasize four different areas there's probably a lot more that if we had more time we could dive into but i want to emphasize four different areas that were true then and that i believe are true now and with god's help i want to encourage you encourage myself to look at these things number one We find in the purpose of community or the purpose of the church is to provide a place to learn truth, to provide a place to learn truth. It says this, it says that in verse number 42, the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Uh, There uh, in, in the King James, it speaks about the apostles' doctrine or the doctrine of the apostles. You say, what was that? Well, it was what they learned of Jesus. It was what they learned. What did Jesus teach? Well, Jesus taught, uh, he went and got the Old Testament, he got the prophets, he got Psalms and Proverbs, and he got uh, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and he taught truth from there, and he applied it to their lives. And so what we find is that the truth uh, that these uh, apostles were teaching, that they devoted themselves to was nothing more than God's simple truth, His Word. And dear friend, this morning, the purpose of church is to have a place, to provide a place to learn truth. We live in a world many times where we have a lot of people that go to a church that is in name only. In the world of politics, uh, there's a new term that was uh, termed in the Republican Party called a rhino. Republican in name only. And a lot of, of political people, they don't like these Republicans in name only because they have the name of Republican, but they don't act like Republicans. They, they are not fiscally conservative. They are not for limited government. They are not for certain things that, that the Republican Party has, st- has stood for uh, in its history. And so they call them rhinos. Well, I'm fearful that we have some churches that act the same way. You see, we have churches that believe that perhaps church is a place of entertainment. You come, you enjoy the show. Much like if you go to the Bird Ogden Arena, you go and enjoy the show and you walk away with your life. Well, we find that the purpose of church, the purpose of community that we find in the Bible was that the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That is to say that what this book had to say was important enough to them that they took time out of their time together to learn from it. Dear friend, can I encourage you that you give room to the teaching of God's Word in your life. Can I encourage us as a church? You, you know why we have, we don't have a daycare back there taking care of our kids, right? Well, we have our teachers teaching God's truth at a elementary level, at a pre-K level, at a fourth and fifth grade level. We don't have a youth group that sits there and just has events and activities for the purpose of just having activities. No, we want a place that is conducive to learn truth at the stage of life that they're at. And we are here this morning having a service that is trying to portray and proclaim truth. The purpose of church, the purpose of community is to provide a place to learn truth. But not only that, we find that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, fellowship. That word there, fellowship, it speaks about a sense of community, sense of, uh, of communion. There was togetherness. So not only, number one, is the purpose of community or church is to provide a place to learn truth, but we also find that church is a place to provide loving people, to provide loving people. To fellowship is to be able to come together with a common goal. Unity, uh, community has the word unity in it. It means there are things that do, that bring us together. You know, one of the things that I find fascinating about church is that you can have people that come from the poor side of town or the rich side of town. You can have people that have the newest car or the oldest car. You can have people that went to the highest level of academics. And you can have people that uh, uh, skipped out on second grade. But the reality is, is that we come to the gospel and that at the foot of the cross, the ground is even. And that we find that underneath the blood of the cross, we are all the same. And we have a common goal, that there's a God that rescued each and every one of us from our condition, from our lost state, and from our greatest need. The great void that we had in our life was supplied through the one reality that Jesus Christ, being the Son of God, loved us and wanted to have us to himself. And that unifies every one of us. Church is a place that provides loving people. I say loving, that's important. Go with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, fellowship requires of us something very important. In 1 John chapter 2, we find this in the first 10 verses. I want you to listen carefully because it is so important. It says, my dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads on our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. and not only our sins but the sins of the world and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments you got to know truth you got to know truth you got to know truth if someone claims i know god but doesn't obey god's commandments that person is a liar and is not living in the truth but those who obey god's word truly show how completely they love him and this is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. How is that? Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one. You have had it from the very beginning, this old commandment, to love one another. It is the same message you heard before, yet it also knew. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining if anyone claims i am living in light but hates a fellow believer that person is still living in darkness anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble community the purpose of church is to provide loving people to provide loving people it is a place to learn it is a place for loving people can i encourage you and I encourage you, dear Christian, this morning, who, 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 is, who are your friends? Who are your friends? Who makes up those people around you? You see, in, uh what we find in the New Testament church and the description, if we're, if we're at, the, at the point in the trail where we're going back to the beginning to find our way, may we be reminded that the church was meant to be a place of loving people. May be may it be the number one characteristic of our church. May it be described as a place that, man, those people are some loving people. They love deeply. They love truly. You see, if we are truly going to live out the purpose of the church, the purpose of community, we're going to have a place that provides a place to learn. We're going to have a place that provides loving people. Loving people to one another. And sometimes that is... A really difficult task, isn't it? Oh, to abide with the saints, that will be glory. Oh, to live with them here on earth, that's a different story. That's how the poem goes. (laughs) Glory will be all the saints together. But here on earth, that's a different story. I don't like you. You did me wrong. How dare you? You didn't look at me right. You took my parking spot. You took my seat. You told my kids you weren't supposed to... And we find every reason. And you know what? What I'm convinced of is that that's exactly the plan of the devil because he knows. If you know the, it's just like today, the 49ers and and who's playing right now? 49ers and uh, Eagles, 49ers, Eagles, and the Bengals and the Chiefs, right? What, What is that offensive coordinator and that defense coordinator doing right now? they're studying their place, but more importantly, they're studying the other place. That offensive coordinator, he's studying the defense. The defense coordinator, he's studying the offense of the other team. Why? Because if you know what they're going to do, then you know how to get ahead of it. You know what the devil understands better than you and I? The purpose of the church. You know why it is that a new believer, as soon as they start coming to church, their car breaks down, somebody offends them in the church, somebody makes a bad comment to them in the lobby, somebody forgets to say hi to them. You know why all of that is so well orchestrated and coordinated? Because there is a devil that wants to make sure that that person doesn't stay connected to the community that will give him so much help and benefit to his life. Can I encourage us as a church that we be a place and that we pursue a place that is a place that provides loving people. It is a place that provides a place to learn truth. It is a place as we go on back to Acts chapter 2 verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. Now there's a lot of that could be said about the next verses, a lot of people have used it many different ways. But can I say this? I believe church is a place that should provide a living experience, a living experience. In other words, I don't believe that the Bible represents to us a church where you show up for an hour out of your week and that that is the only role that it plays in your life. That you go and you show up and you sit in a seat and you listen quasi-participate and go home and go on with your life. I don't believe that that is the New Testament church and the purpose of we find in the New Testament church. What I find is that the Bible reflects to me that church was meant to be a place that provides a living experience. That phrase, uh, sharing in meals, uh, obviously what we just did, it does include that. It speaks including the Lord's Supper. What we just did, that's part of what we do. But you know what? I do believe that the church should be a place wherein we are bonded together outside of the four walls and the and the parking lot that encompasses what we came to be known today as bethany baptist church i believe that outside of that there should be something that ties us together in a living experience you say pastor john how how would that unfold well the wonderful thing about today's technology world maybe it's a phone call a text message between you and somebody else saying hey i'm praying for you hey i'm encouraging you hey it's great to see you at church hey we missed you at church you know, it's important to side, to come alongside somebody that you know you've been in the things of the, of the Lord for a little bit longer, and, and you see this person, this, this a couple, and, and you say, hey, you know what, They're, they started coming to church, why don't we go talk to them and see if they have any questions? and you take the initiative to say I want to provide because as, as fulfilling the purpose of the church, a living experience that outside of the four walls and outside of the of the slotted time slot that we have for church that really church is not just a time slot, it's not just a service order that says this song, then this song, then this prayer, then this, then this it, it, it exists outside of that it exists in, in a living living experience between its members and i don't mean members as a roll call i mean as children of god redeemed by the same blood covered having our sins covered by the same blood that was shed on the cross And amongst them, there should be living experiences. And God has equipped you with a way and with a a background that can be a blessing to somebody else. And and he is uh, uh, providing other people to be a blessing to you. And he brings this together through the form of what's known as a local church. And there you should be living out a living experience together. Can I encourage you, dear Christian, today, To both take advantage of the purpose of community in the church. And to fulfill the purpose of community in the church. May we truly desire to have that living experience together. Provide a living experience. Oh, these Christians they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching they devoted themselves to fellowship and to sharing in meals including the lord's supper and the, and the bible says in verse 40 uh, 42 there at the end it says and to prayer and to prayer these are the four things that i want you to walk away with this morning church the purpose is to provide a place to learn truth it's to provide a place of loving people. It's to provide a living experience, and it's to provide burden lifters, burden lifters. Can I encourage you this morning? Dear friend, church should be a place where you can share your burdens. You know, too many times we find that the church has turned you into a place where I want to guard against anybody knowing what's really going on with my life. No, no, I'm here for a smile, a handshake, a high five, and hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good to see you. All right, we'll see you next week. No, I find in my Bible that there's a place that the Bible says that there should be burden lifters. There should be a place where we can share our needs and we know that this person isn't going to go gossip about them. They're not going to use it as a weapon against us. Hey, you know what? If you messed up Friday night? if you messed up Saturday night? I want to tell you something. This should be a place where you can be able to go to somebody and say, hey, you know what? Pray for me. I'm just really struggling here. And there should be a place known as the church that is a place where the burdens are lifted because that's what the Bible says happened in the beginning of the trail. That's what was going on. It wasn't a bunch of perfect people saying, how you doing? Great. Good, good. I, me too. I'm doing great. Yeah. No, it was where prayers were lifted up, where things were said that, hey, if you have a need, how can I, need, how can I meet it? Yeah, physically, sure. There, there were physical needs being shared, but I guarantee you it was a lot more spiritual needs being shared. And sometimes as a church, we can be a help physically. Man, I know during Christmas, man, we we help, we get, we send presents to Venezuela, we send presents to Mexico, and we can be a physical help. Man, sometimes it's a family that's going through a hardship, and we'll do a plate sale, try and cover some of their medical expenses, and that's great. That's part of the lifting of the burdens. But can I tell you something? On a more practical day-to-day level, we should be making sure that we are burden lifters to one another by going to the Lord in prayer for one another. You know what becomes so easy is it becomes it is a very in our generation very myopic very selfish generation it becomes every time I pray it's only about me only my needs you know one of the things that I think God wanted for the Christian life is to us to learn to pray for others more than for ourselves and the purpose of the church was to provide burden lifters man can you imagine what it would do to a city, to a community. If the people caught wind of the fact that if you go there, they're going to they're know what's going on in your life and they're going to help you. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to condemn you. They're going to lift your burdens. I guarantee you 322 chairs wouldn't be enough for this auditorium if that was the word that spread on the street. Every seat would be filled, because I guarantee you, somehow, every time I talk to somebody about how things are going in their life, and I get beyond that superficial level, there's a need in their life. And they are astonished and shocked that I take five minutes to go beyond that and to say, yeah, what's going on there? How can I pray for you? Yeah, I pray. I have a prayer list. Let me pray for you. You know what? Let me pray for you right now. This week, um, I got a phone call from somebody who runs an organization um, that's an association of camps. And this uh, the, this person called on the phone and said, hey, I'm so-and-so from the organization, and we're just calling around to the camps trying to see what the need is. And I said, oh, well, right now we're doing a building project and trying to get things promoting for summer. And she was like, oh, great. We'll put that on our prayer list. You know what? Can I pray with you right now? Can I tell you that my entire week, one of the highlights of my week was the fact that that person took 30 seconds of their day to call me, to confirm who I was, to confirm that there was a need represented, and to pray with me on the phone. It took maybe 60 seconds. But during the last seven days, that was one of the highlights of my week. You know what's amazing? Is that you and I have access to that same throne god listens to you and to me the same way sometimes i remember growing up i remember people coming and talking to dad uh, the 30-year veteran 25-year veteran and saying hey pastor would you pray for me and i remember that they would talk to so and so in the church and be like no no but make sure make sure pastor prays for me i remember thinking you have the exact same god pastor doesn't answer prayers god does Pastor has limited resources. God has limitless resources. You're asking the wrong person, especially when it comes to that. Burden lifters. Church, can I encourage us? Four areas that we find that are the purpose of church. We can be part of of meeting the need. We can be understanding what we're supposed to be doing as a church when we put those together, right? We can we can be the ones that today need prayer, and tomorrow we can be the ones praying for somebody else. We can be the place that today somebody is teaching us, and tomorrow we can be teaching them. You say, Pastor John, I can never teach anything. Well, today you already learned what the church is for. I guarantee you there's one or two people this week that you could share. Hey, did you know that the church is for these four things? You say, you, you, that's Wait, I can do that? Yeah, you can. I get, my material is free to be given away. I promise. I won't charge any royalties on it. It's not mine. <laughs> it came from here. God wants us to learn truth, to share truth. God wants us to be able to be loved by people and to love people. God wants us to have a living experience where we are coming alongside, rubbing shoulder to shoulder with people who need the truth, who need to see the truth lived out, who need to see that, yes, uh, here, here's our marriage. Here's our family. Perfect. Absolutely not. Do you have troubles and trials and tribulations? Oh, you bet. How do you do it? Well, God, God's word God's truth Uh, uh, Do you you ever fail God Daily hourly Minute by minute But God's grace is enough And he pushes me through Living experience Burden lifters Today I need a shoulder To lean on tomorrow you'll need a shoulder To lean on and you know what God Established for that to be the case Church community Encourage you This morning Be part of it. Take advantage of it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. Lord, perhaps today through the Lord's Supper, contemplating and thinking about things that are going on in our lives, perhaps today as we look at the purpose of the church and how we should be part of what's taking place, enjoying in it, and being part of being a refreshment to others around us. And perhaps in something that was said today, my dear brothers and sisters found something that was a help to them and a need to be dealt with in their life. Father, I pray that your spirit would take your word and apply it to the life of every listener every head bowed, every eye closed, perhaps this morning say, Pastor John, in my life there are some areas where, man, truly I've been missing the mark. There are some areas in which truly I have not been doing what I need to be doing by being part of community, being part of church. I have not been living out the purpose that God has left me, His church, for my life. But this morning, I want to make some decisions, maybe in a particular area or maybe just overall. But God is dealing with me, and I want to be active coming out of this church service. Being out of this service, I want to put into action something I've learned today. Pastor John, would you just pray for me that God will do work in me and through me? this morning if that's you would you lift up your hand and and, and put it right back down i'd like to pray for you thank you god bless you god bless you god bless you amen god bless you god bless you amen praise the lord anybody else that says that's that's me you know you're only part of the church if you know the one true living god as your personal lord and savior if you've requested of him to forgive you of your sins and put your faith and trust in him as your eternal lord and savior That is a one-time decision. Oh, when we fail him, we have to reconcile our relationship with him, but he continues to be our father. But you have to have started a relationship with him. You're not part of the church by coming and parking your car in the parking lot, no more than by going into a garage makes you a car. But when you trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you do become part of the church, part of the redeemed. It would be remiss of me this morning to end this without inviting somebody here to say, Pastor John, I've never placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I didn't understand that need that I had, but God's been working in my life and in my heart, and I truly want to place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ this morning. I want to use this last Sunday of the month of January to be able to be that mark on my calendar, the day that I trusted Christ. If that's you this morning, would you slip your hand up? I'd like to pray for you, knowing that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ today. Is there anybody like that this morning? I'd like to invite you. All right. Father, we love you. We thank you. We ask that you would guide us now as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.